everything in business is a gamble. People generally buy people. It's genius! We want an education. What you're thinking, can you get the buy-in? Buy-in, buy-in. You're listening to Forest FM, the salon business show with your host, Zoe Galil Springer. For your industry, by your industry. Killian might have hung up the mic, but let me assure you, Forest FM is here to stay. And there might be a few surprises along the way for the second half of season five, but in the meantime, I'll be happy to find you here every Monday morning, as usual. Now, at the beginning of the year, before we even released this season's first episode, we said we wanted to help make 2021 a year of choice, passion, readiness, and determination. That together, we could achieve so much more. And there's no better way for us to show you that than by doing what we do best, tailor the show to your needs. We know how much of a roller coaster running a salon is, especially at the moment, trying to think long term, strategize when everything feels hectic, when there's barely enough time in the day to take a lunch break. It, it, like, it can feel daunting and quite frankly, off-putting. Setting the discipline to even take five minutes a day to focus on your business or on yourself even can be really hard to do alone. But joining a movement where you know other people are going through the same things and there are people available there that have your back can make all the difference. I own Sleeping Beach Salon. We have five locations at the moment in Scotland. The salons have been going for um, about 11 years now. The 30-day challenge we heard about through Forest, and we just thought it sounded like something that might be quite good for sort of motivating the team as kind of a bit of a bonding sort of activity um, that everyone could kind of get involved in. We, we found it quite good because some of those tasks that maybe we did with the challenges, we'd kind of forgotten about because we'd been just dealing with the sort of day-to-day of keeping going and kind of dealing with all the clients coming through the door. So maybe some of the tasks had kind of got forgotten and they were things we only kind of did when we had sort of quiet spells. So they were more likely tasks that we would have done probably during the winter. In some ways, it was good it was a busy time because you had a lot of clients coming through the doors that you could then use for it. And I kind of feel like if you were doing it in sort of January at a quiet time, it would be harder to have such an impact because you wouldn't you wouldn't have as many you know people to test the kind of you know procedures on and I kind of feel like you have to sort of make time for those things anyway really so it kind of gives you like that lesson that you can't really sort of dismiss marketing and just think you know I'll do that when I'm quiet because you know you have to be doing it like all day every day really so uh, I think in, in some ways I can see that it was it was harder um, but I think it made some people like a bit more sort of feel like they could maybe put their opinion out there maybe some more like younger team members and things who were less confident because we've been sort of going around in like a circle and making everyone kind of contribute it maybe gave them a bit more of like a confidence for the future as well that they could put forward like their ideas you've just heard an excerpt from forced fm episode 41 yep we're going back to the archives it was an episode featuring salon owner lilac miller of sleeping beauty salon in scotland who was relating her experience of 30 days to grow at the time we ran the challenge in july so very similar to this year at quite a busy time And absolutely, 30 days of tasks can seem like a lot to take on when things are already busy. But in the words of American self-help author Steve Pavlina, in order to grow, you must repeatedly tackle fresh challenges and consider new ideas to give your mind fresh input. So like I said earlier, uh, this episode and actually all of the upcoming episodes in June um, will be specifically tailored to helping you navigate and work through the 30 Days to Grow Challenge Thrive Edition. This week and next week, I'll be sharing nuggets that I found in past episodes that we've aired. We'll go by theme of day. So if you're taking the challenge right now, then you've probably noticed that, you know, Mondays are marketing Mondays, Tuesday, Team Tuesdays. Um, And the only days I won't cover on the show are actually Win Wednesday and Feel Good Fridays. Wednesdays are essentially um, a challenge to uh, get you to win the Salon Success Bundle, and that all happens on Instagram. Um, and Feel Good Fridays, same thing. It's shout-out celebrations and also, um, you know, covered and aired up on Instagram. So for those, you'll just have to check out the Forest Instagram account most relevant to your region. Today, I'll focus on insights helping you work through the first two weeks of the challenge. Um, and so because the challenge actually started on a Tuesday um, for my first segment here on Marketing Monday tips. We're, we only have one task to cover, uh, and that's all about planning your salon's next email marketing campaign. 
Now, obviously, with the amount of emails landing in people's inboxes every day, I mean, you can Google that. There's a, there's like this crazy stat. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but um, it can definitely make it feel hard to actually reach your customers. Um, like you're putting efforts into a vacuum, which is obviously frustrating and super valid. The truth is, um, however, email marketing has an insanely good return on investment when you understand what drives uh, the results. So uh, the ROI on average for email marketing is for what, every $1 spent, you get $38 in return. So to help you navigate this task, because we only have, like I said, one Marketing Monday task in uh, to cover in this particular episode, here are some of my favorite tips from past conversations we've had on the show. The first one coming from two individuals that uh, were featured on the Forced FM episode nine, going way, way back. And these two clips come from an episode that we recorded live from an event that we hosted, the Salon Owner Summit. And so in those two clips, you'll hear uh, music and background noise, but uh, it will only be on those two particular ones. Um, the tips are too good for me not to put into this episode. Um, but yeah, the first of those two clips comes from a speaker that we had on stage at that event, Andy Bounds. He was all about communication and the afters. And then the second clip came from Connor Keppel, who at the time was heading up the marketing department in Forest. The reason people buy is not because of the business, it's because of the afters of it. In other words, why are you better off afterwards? So if you buy a website, you don't want the website actually, but after the website, hopefully you'll get more sales. So you don't want the website, you want sales. Well, after coming to a salon, something happens. Yep, so they're not paying for the treatment, they're paying for what the treatment gives them. Is it feelings of confidence? Is it looking better? Is it love on a Friday night? Is it just to feel better about themselves? Like, what is it? So your key question is not, tell me about the treatment. The key question is, how do you want to feel after this? How do you want to look after this? Right, okay, well, we'll get you there. When it comes to marketing, people generally say, you know what, we should market our business to get more clients in, do this, this, X, Y, and Z. But you should always set out objectives, like what are the objectives of your marketing? It might be to attract more talent into your salon. There's a shortage of stylists at the moment. It might be to uh, get your existing clients back more often. It might be to sell more retail. So there's all these different types. And largely speaking, I find what happens in salons is they kind of do it campaign by campaign basis and they get to the end of the year and it's just marketing item after marketing item after marketing item as opposed to actually having a plan for the year and, and having an objective that they actually want to achieve. The next few tips come from salon coach Phil Jackson uh, on episode 26. Phil Jackson, who has written the Harry book of email, a book specifically written with the salon owner in mind. Social media is the kind of nightclub, it's the noisy space where there's lots and lots of distraction and lots going on. But when you want to take that conversation to a slightly more intimate level and you want to talk to a customer one-to-one, -one, you need the quiet space. And that's what email marketing is, it's that quiet space. So I think the, the three big benefits are, I think you can extend the lifetime value of your customers quite considerably. I think it, it keeps you in the customer's mind. And then also we can, we can start guiding customers towards you know, much more profitable services that perhaps they've not heard of or products they've not tried before. But I don't want to give the impression that all we're doing is selling because that's really not a big part, not the bulk of what I send out. If the only time your customers hear from you by email is when you're selling something, they're going to get really bored really quickly. It's very rare that I would send out an email promotion that isn't running somewhere else. Um, so it ties into a broader marketing strategy. So it ties in with the window, it ties in with the point of sale displays, ties in with the posters that we've got around, ties in with social media. So everything's working in one direction. Um, it might have a slightly different language to it because we're talking to existing customers, usually through email marketing, but, but it will still be the same kind of promotion. Um, trust me, it's much more effective than just kind of a fire and forget. You know, people need to, if you're going to get that level of interaction and engagement from your customers, you need to be in touch with them much more often. Next, talking about humanizing your brand, uh, we had Louis Grenier, marketing expert on episode 30. The only way to be unique in this world, the only way to, to really truly stand out is to be yourself. It sounds cliche, but it's the truth. That's perfectly fine to show your true color because people will connect with that way more than a brand that, trans to, that tries to be somebody or something that is not. In this day and age, with Instagram and social media and Facebook and emails and whatever, and internet in general, people just 
they know that very quickly. So it comes back to trust. Marketing, your company, everything is based on trust, mm, right? Yeah. Like if people trust you, they are much more likely to buy from you, much more likely to recommend you to others, much more likely to, to talk about you. It's all about trust. And trust is built is build on a few pillars. And one of them is transparency, honesty, consistency, all of those stuff. So if you're consistently putting authentic content out there and being yourself in front of your staff and with your customers, it's going to work out for the better. People will start to trust you more and recommend you more. If you decide to, to publish something every month, then stick to it and start small. If, if you feel that every month is enough, then start every month. And, and if you get comfortable with it, maybe every two weeks or whatever. But the key is not how frequently, it's the fact that it has to be consistent. Finally, the last two, and I'm combining them, even though they're different episodes. So uh, episode 35 and episode 154. The second one, 154, is just really, really short. That's why I'm, I'm putting it into this one. But episode 35 was featuring Chris Brennan, who was also part of the marketing team at Forest at the time. And episode 154 featured Chris Moody, teacher training specialist. And while the episode actually talked about training the trainer, this particular piece of advice I think fits very very well into uh, what we're talking about here marketing and uh, email marketing in particular I actually started out as a filmmaker first and a screenwriter and uh, when I got into marketing kind of the angle I was looking at was with storytelling I had to understand who the audience was and provide the best value I could for them storytelling is just about kind of in my opinion just kind of opening up your own personality and letting that flow out more so than uh, leading with your sales pitch, you know? And the more people understand who you are and who your team is, then the story kind of unfolds around you. You have a moment with people and they'll make a decision. I mean, they say that with like website hits, like they'll determine whether or not to stay within like seconds. So like you have to make an impression and you got to make those impressions count. And I think the ones that will count are like they're real. They're they're like moments that people can connect with. So if you can show yourself as a hardworking, enthusiastic individual who really cares about that community, I think you're going to go farther than like back to school sale, twenty percent <laughs> off this day only. La la. You know, like who are they going to choose? The person who's selling to them constantly, or the person who's actually trying to like understand who they are and provide value? Just go in and help people. Let people see what you can do and how you can help them. Serve first. For the next segment, Team Tuesday will be focusing on building relationships and recognizing areas of hard work, effort, and achievement. So according to research done by Talent Match, and Talent Match is a, a company who does in the area of recruitment and helping salon owners grow teams and show off their culture, 91% of stylists want their boss to feel like their friend and give them performance feedback. And 94% of stylists want to work somewhere with goals. So when we think about team building for success, it's important to keep that in mind. Gratitude, goal setting, performance reviews, KPIs, honest communication, all of those pieces will help you and your team feel more positive, care for, and happy ultimately. So my question to you is, how do you show to your staff that you care about them, about their good and hard work, about their goals, and not just within the salon, but, you know, for their lives too. And uh, to get us started on some tips from previous episodes that we've aired, uh, we've got episode 119, which featured Amanda Alusania on developing individual greatness and retaining top performers. Uh, she was a top performer herself, and so she gave her tips um, on that and how you can retain those type A players. I believe if someone is outperforming or hitting their targets and don't need a lot of direction, except maybe where to aim, then I don't think that we should be treating them like the standard group. The A players are the ones, this rare few who kind of go above and beyond. And they're probably doing side gigs on their own. You know, they come up with their own ideas. They'll offer to implement them themselves and kind of want to kind of push the boundaries a little bit. And they far exceed their goals. You know, you give them a target, they either hit it really quickly or they go beyond it. And so, again, the conversation isn't around this majority of 
great people or good people, if you will. The conversation is more around this few outlier. How can we leverage them and pull out more greatness out of them rather than stifle them and trying to put them in a box to fit into this 80%? Can we give people extra recognition for a job well done? Absolutely. And I don't think it has to have a negative effect on the ego. And I would suggest them, one thing that goes really far with them is to take them to dinner and just thank them for what they do. Again, often overlooked. A couple other things is number one, goals. They're usually very goal oriented, but here's the key with owners. Sometimes we want to control how they get to the goal. And with A players, you just got to give them a target and let them go hit it and give them clout here. Give them space to kind of grow into how they want to get there. And the last thing is listen, often they have really good ideas. And if you dismiss them, they'll usually become very defiant And this is where we often see A players feel really frustrated and leave. And it doesn't mean feed their ego. Again, back to the original question about ego. It just means talking to them equally on an equal playing field. The next clips I've lined up are from episode 151 featuring Josh Hafetz on motivation and unleashing employee peak performance. If you're finding it hard to keep staff engaged and motivated, you'll want to listen to this episode uh, in full. But Hopefully, these small tips will help you work through the challenges proposed in 30 Days to Grow Thrive Edition. You know, any one of us can go into different situations and act differently, right? I mean, I, I'm, I could be the most motivated person you've ever seen in one situation and be totally turned off in another. So I, I think that there's a tremendous amount of organizations that don't pay attention to that and don't focus on it. And then, you know, and so what you get is a lot of people at companies that are totally disengaged. The, the two most common things that I think people or managers think are going to motivate their people, but in the end, in the long run, do not are fear and money. And so if you're relying on those two to do the job in terms of motivating your team, you're, you're, you're probably not getting the results that you're looking for. There's really four main recipes uh, to unleashing somebody's intrinsic motivation. And you know, any one of these can can make a huge impact, but of course, the more you can incorporate all of them and tap into all of them, you're going to up your, your chances of having more engaged, more motivated team. And so those are categorized into four things, which are pur your purpose, autonomy, mastery, and then the fourth one is learning or growth. Um, th the best way a salon owner can do that is have a rhythm in the salon of, of vigilant goal setting and feedback loops And, and celebration of, of mile markers hit and successes and, and, and constantly having that as part of the rhythm. Almost in every case, over time, a, a team is a reflection of its leader and its manager. So the, the, the engagement, the motivation, the behaviors, the, you know, all the results from your team do reflect something that you're doing or not doing as a leader. On the flip side, No matter what you're doing or not doing as a leader and the results that thereby are, are because of that, we can all improve as leaders. We can all work on that muscle and we can all over time achieve different results from our team based on us improving as a leader and doing different things. And so wherever you're at now in that, in that spectrum, um, don't get discouraged because you know, there, there is an ability for all of us to do better and thereby get better results. Next up. Episode 195 featured Stephanie Fox on leadership and what staff want from their salon. Uh, so that's actually an episode in which we dove into the research. So, you know, those two stats that I gave you at the very start of this segment for Team Tuesday. This is where those stats come from. Uh, it's Stephanie's research uh, within Talent Match. So another episode to listen to in full, but if you've only got a few uh, minutes or uh, you know, you're trying to just catch up on the challenges, um, these insights will help you out. For me, leadership is this idea that you take this oath that you're going to help somebody get to their next best place. And that means you have to care about them You have to care about the next best place they're going. And you also probably have to have knowledge of how they're going to get there. My research for the last four years has shown that salon owners think their number one problem is finding staff. And then number two, which used to be number one, is keeping them. Across the board, the reason why people said they picked salons was the team. So first, they say they want a team that feels like a family, like top priority. And then the number one reason they actually pick the location they work in is for the team. 
Um, leadership was another key piece. You know, the number one reason they pick you is your team. The number one reason they leave you is the leader. Uh, connection is the basis for emotional stability and safety. And again, if we're going to be somebody helping somebody else grow, and we know that means there's going to be difficult conversations at times, we have to have emotional safety. Connection is what allows us to be hopeful. And so hope actually is comprised of willpower and way power. And I think that as leaders, we help create the willpower because if we're leading and we go to that hand in hand idea, like they know I trust this person. They've got my back. Like no matter how hard this feels or how big I fail, like I'm not by myself. Um, and then as a leader, you should take responsibility for providing some of the way power because if people knew how to do all these things on their own, they'd be out there doing them. As we keep moving through the week, think digital Thursday. So for those who are doing the 30 Days to Grow Challenge right now, uh, you'll have uh, seen that, you know, tasks for week one and week two are uh, unlocked. The first Think Digital Thursday task was all about online reputation management. And um, this week it's about embracing the new virtual reality. So first, online reputation. You know, most potential clients will be checking out your reviews before they book in with you for the first time. So you want to make sure that what they read is accurate, it's fair, um, and, and you want to show your salon in the best light, obviously. But how do you do this? How do you have control over this conversation? Um, how, how can we help you on the podcast move through the challenge uh, that was offered within 30 Days to Grow? Well, a few of our own tips or ideas, aside from what we had offered um, in the day three challenge. After their appointment, send your clients an email or a text message asking them to review uh, review you as a business, you know, and this is something you can automate with Forrest if you're using the online reputation manager. Um, you can encourage your staff to ask clients for feedback. Maybe you can even incentivize them by rewarding mentions of their names in reviews, for instance. Something else, you can share positive reviews on your social media accounts and put an emphasis on how you love reading them and, you know, etc. You can start a review campaign so you drive people to leave a positive review for your salon and uh, you on the other side, make sure that you're proactive in responding to both good and bad reviews. I don't exactly have many clips to play for this, um, but we do have a full ebook on online reputation management. Um, it's free. It's in the show notes. So I encourage you to download that and avail of that. Um, but for the clips, we're talking about episode 123, which featured David Lindy and Gail Fulbright. Uh, they were talking about online reputation, but more specifically, uh, playing nice with Yelp. A lot of people just, their business is up there and they ignore it. And a bad review will be up there and nobody will respond. Or a great review and you don't respond, which is just as bad. But if you really listen to what they're saying and you can make a positive change in your business and then have them come back and write a positive review, that's that's golden, you know. And you as a consumer reading that, it kind of says this business cares. So managing it, um, you know, if you can put an hour aside every week and to do it, it's it is a marketing tool. Well, the first thing is capture your page. Make sure that you are active, all your information's up to date, what your hour business hours are. Our, like if you have a holiday coming up, make sure you, you, met, you put on there that you're closed. Put in your top pictures. I move my pictures around all the time to keep it really current so that if somebody's looked a year ago, it doesn't look like the same page. But capturing that page and making sure all the facts are current. Um, you can also, if you're just starting out, you know, maybe you will want to do some, some ads for a while. It, they do work, you know. And then the last thing is, is just make sure you respond to good, bad, or ugly. And then we've got insights from episode 201, which was about Forrest's online health score and finding new avenues for digital growth. So we have this free tool online accessible through your web browser. It's called the online health score. And I linked it in the show notes as well. Um, but something to definitely, uh, if you haven't taken it yet, definitely take the time to uh, do. And if you have taken it, well, hopefully these tips can help you work through day three. 
55% of people actually research via social media before they book with you or buy from you. Do you send campaigns to your clients? Do you have a strategy in there? You know, are you sending SMS campaigns? Mm-hmm. Um, do you do targeted campaigns, win back campaigns, whatever that would look like for your salon? And then it's looking at, you know, how quick you respond back to people. Maybe it's, um, you know, the type of photos you put up or the... How often do they vary? And then we look at online presence. So like when I Google a salon, how are they perceived? How can we improve that? Do they respond to the reviews? Do they not? Um, And then finally, websites. So is it a nice, clean website? Is there a contact me button? Mm -hmm. Do they have online bookings? When you break it down, you'll notice people fall down a lot in one area and do really, really well in the other. So they might be like really comfortable with like, content on social media you know on that rate but they might not be comfortable doing emails or like I've had a salon Mm. that's super protective of their brands Mm. they don't want to give that job to somebody so our advice is sort of like you know outline it you can do you can sign off on it but you know you need to stay connected with your clients in other ways as well and not just on social media so I think that's a real eye-opener for people because they notice that they're putting their heart and soul into things they feel comfortable with and then they're just leaving some of the other ones for another day. Now we're still on Think Digital Thursday, um, but when it comes to embracing the new virtual reality, many of you listening would have done quite a bit of that during lockdown phases and mandatory closures. Coming out of those at Forest, we identified four challenges to overcome in 2021. Um, first of all, clients being worried about visiting the salon for health reasons or whatever it is. Um, the reduced frequency of visit, the impacts of the consumer shift to digital on your business revenue, and finally, social distancing and capacity restrictions. My hope is that your marketing plan includes ways to engage with clients, focus on client retention, build trust, drive revenue. And keeping online tools as part of that long-term plan can help you do that. Once again, I don't have many clips to play, um, but you can catch the full episode of Inside Forest embracing the new virtual reality with video consultations on YouTube, or you can get these quick insights to help you work through day 10 of the 30 Days to Grow Thrive Edition. For those that are open as normal, so obviously this depends on, you know, what country, what region you're in at the moment and whether there's a lockdown or not. But for those that are open, um, if you take, for example, um, beauty or aesthetic clinics, there's still a proportion of clients who'd be really hesitant to come into the salon just because they're so like if they're high risk or some people are just very afraid of COVID, understandably, and they just don't see themselves coming into the salon. Um, so you kind of you'd lose some clients that way, but at least if you have some online services, um, particularly as I said for beauty and aesthetics, in this case, you can offer them online and kind of keep that relationship going and maintain that um, until such time as you know we have a vaccine and everybody's protected. For hair salons that are open, it can be a little bit different. We've heard from some that you know it's going to increase the efficiency of how they run their services. So. A lot of them, what they're doing is a pre-service consultation. So if you do, you know, want to get something done with your hair, you can book this consultation, talk to the staff, you know, show them your hair if you want to and everything and talk to exactly what it is um, that you want. And then they can say, look, okay, great. It's this service or, okay, great. With your particular hair, knowing what you've done with it, particularly during lockdown, you'll need an extra 20 minutes or that kind of stuff. So it's going to increase the efficiency of how you run those services and make it a better overall experience those who are closed obviously it's you know it's another way to get revenue into the salon as well as you know your online gift voucher sales and your online store it's a third way to keep revenue coming into your salon we're nearing the end of the week and therefore also the end of the episode but before we wrap things up we can't not discuss self-care and strategy so self-care saturday the first two Saturday tasks in 30 Days to Grow aren't too complex. One's about getting into a bit of a gratitude and journaling practice. And the other one is a meditation uh, led by myself that you can do in your own time. So if you're if you're new to meditation and you feel that that's a bit intimidating, I think the meditation is about 15 minutes. You can also go on to our Instagram account in the IGTV section of our account on uh, at Forest Salon Software and you can access shorter meditations, breathing exercises, that are also led by myself that we released um, during the first lockdown last year, last spring. That being said, I'd like to play some clips from a few episodes featuring guests who really, but I mean really, highlighted the importance of self-care, boundaries, and everything in between that. 
The first clips you'll hear come from episode 95 with Breed O'Mara, and she was talking about the importance of workplace well-being. What did you do today to look after your teeth, your dental health? We have uh, a whole system built into our day to look after our dental health. But what are you doing to look after your mental health every day? And I would be encouraging people to try and build something into their daily routine to look after their mental health the same as you do with your teeth. I would say to people, you know, get a little bit of exercise if you can. And that's not talking about, you know, practicing our training for a marathon. That might be if you get the bus to work, getting off one stop earlier and walking that little bit extra to the office. It might be if there's a lift in work, you know, take the stairs instead of using the lift. It might be some people might like to dance. You know, whatever it is, it's exercise, but it's also something that you enjoy doing. Um, in terms of food, again, it's about healthy diet. It's, you know, the, the healthy mind diet is no different to a healthy heart diet. Same thing. But it's, it's, to, it's to try and pay attention to the diet and try and leave out too much sugar and things like that out of your diet. That's healthy diet. Um, doing something every day that you enjoy. One thing could be the simplest thing that you enjoy, but, but planning one thing every day, that's a really good thing to do. It's about um, flexing a muscle, you know, and mindfulness meditation is really good. We all, you know, there's so much written on the, the positive benefits of mindfulness and meditation for our mental health. The next insights come from episode 124, an episode that was featuring uh, Rachel Ringwood. She's a hairstylist. She's a salon owner. Um, and we were talking about that whole like hustle culture and how that had a very negative impact um, on her health. And so how she overcame that and, you know, tips that she has. Well, I suppose self-care tips that she's implemented in her life that hopefully can help you too. I'll, I'll be honest with you guys and anyone who needs to hear it because I feel like it's really important. I've actually struggled with mental health for a really long time, like probably as long as I can remember. But I do believe that when I got into the industry, it went full force. And I was so infatuated with growing and learning in this industry that I wasn't seeing it as a negative thing. I massively turned into a workaholic right away at the age of like 18. And I didn't care because all my friends were like in college and I was like doing my thing. But I didn't realize that I was working so many hours a day, so many weeks straight after months after months, trying to grow a clientele and stay busy that I was like losing my mind. And I didn't know it because that's like what I was supposed to do. I was a people pleaser in a way. And all I wanted to do build a clientele was like, oh, I'll come in early. I'll stay late. I'll eat, I'll work through my lunch break just to get more clients in until I actually, one day I came home from working and it was like a 12 hour day and I was cooking and it was like 1130 at night. And out of nowhere, I fainted and hit my head on the floor and it was tile. So I knocked myself out. And that was kind of the big game changer in my career. It took me out of the salon for three and a half to six months. And I was fighting to get back into the salon faster, but then my, I ended up developing vertigo. Unfortunately, sometimes it scares hairstylists and it's me telling this story because it's like how much money you'll lose by not taking care of yourself. That's why I'm trying to bring awareness to this because I do not want this to happen to anyone else. Make sure you're taking care of yourself from day one. Don't wait until something bad happens to then take care of yourself. Look in the mirror. What do you need on a daily basis? Next up, episode 160, featuring Don Bradley on uh, setting healthy back-to-work boundaries. Now, this was an episode that we recorded right after um, lockdown was eased for the first time, or it was about to be eased anyways. Um, and so we were, there was a lot of talk around like, well, what are you going to do when you reopen your books? And it's, it's complete madness in the salon. And for some regions right now, uh, we're kind of going through the same thing. So setting healthy healthy boundaries with your clients, with your staff is really, really key and critical at this time. And I would recommend listening to that episode in full, of course, but hopefully I've selected enough insights and clips from that episode to maybe spark a moment of uh, reflection for you. I used to operate in the, the only answer to a question was yes. And so I'd be like, how dare they ask me to come in on my day off? But yes, I will. Like, how dare they not thinking I had the power to say no. And I think that's like one part being a people pleaser and another part like the um, like as a woman, kind of how I was raised in society. Um, and so learning to be able to say no and 
and be okay with it has been hard. And so many people struggle with anxiety, with stress that, that makes decisions for them, which, you know, hinders them and keeps them back from the person and, and business they know that they can have and can be. There's really no way to make everyone happy ever. Creating boundaries isn't about shutting a door in someone's face. It's about closing a door and guiding someone to where an open door is. Good boundaries in business is when someone asks you to stay late or come in on your day off or get squeezed in or, you know, ask for something that isn't part of the protocol is is saying like, oh, unfortunately, I'm unable to do that, but this is what I can do. And you're allowed to change your mind and you're allowed to shift and move. Have a long-term mindset, own it. And as much as you want to have grace for other people, you want to have grace for yourself. The last episode I want to play clips from is episode 193. Uh, It was aired just this year, a couple months ago. Um, It featured Ashley Hodges, and we were talking about wellness, career goals, salon life, Um, you know, how for many of us, 2021 was a year of rebirth, or was going to be one anyways. Um, So we were trying to find ways with her to, you know, understand how to connect and take care of both ourselves and our communities after such a a trying year. And uh, Ashley had a few really a few insights that really really hit home um, and hopefully they hit home for you too if you're not feeling 100% quite often we want to just flip that and we want to feel better straight away we won't allow ourselves to sit in that we won't allow ourselves to understand those feelings we will instantly want to go out for an exercise to kick up them in door fins. We'll, we'll want to, we'll feel like, oh, we should be meditating because that's going to make us feel better. Or actually I should have a really healthy smoothie and that's going to boost me. Or there's all these things that we, like we said, like you should be doing. And actually sometimes we have to just, during that check-in, we just have to absorb how we feel rather than checking in and trying to fix it. You have to break those emotions down before you can even shift them. Because otherwise you're shifting an umbrella emotion. You're trying to shift something that's way too big. If we try and push through things and don't just allow yourself to feel them, you're going to end up coming back to it in a stronger way down the line. And sometimes when you're least expecting it and sometimes in a physical manner, like, as soon as the word should comes into your head, it's because it's coming from an external point. It's not coming from inside you. So it's not very authentic to you at all. So whatever it is that you end up doing that's had that word in it, you're either not going to follow through on it or when you do follow through on it, you're not going to feel the reward that you hoped that you would. You need to be doing something because it feels right, not because you should do it. Like a little tip that I was taught at the very beginning was to put little stickers where you know that your eye is always going to look. So like on on your phone, like on the mirror where you do brush your teeth um, or perhaps where you put your makeup on or something like that. Um, just put these little stickers out and every time you see a sticker, you take, you stop and you take three deep breaths because that's not really going to take that much of your day out. Just every time you look at a sticker, you take three deep breaths and that's instantly going to ground you back into your own body. Finally, Strategy Sunday. So depending on the region you're in, the challenges for the first Sunday differed a bit. One was about reducing no-show risks and the other one was about online bookings. So no-shows, I mean, they've always been a huge challenge in the industry, but obviously right now with social distancing, restrictions still in place, cutting down on them is like has never been more critical. So we're talking about like booking policies, you know, setting the rules of engagement with your salon. And with the 30 days to grow challenge on reducing no-show risks, we're just trying to essentially get you to think about what can you do in your business that would work for your business to reduce no-shows. For some other regions, we were talking about no-shows, but with an online bookings focus, um, because they can also help tackle no-shows quite a bit. But there are plenty of other benefits, including getting more appointments as you reach a wider audience, get a bigger client base growth, you save time on the phone. You've essentially got a 24-7 receptionist, and it's extremely convenient for clients. So the first episode I want to play clips from is episode 43, featuring Alan Stewart. He has uh, since retired but his insights still live on. You have less no-shows with online booking than you do with phone calls. 
It's very, the, the, the amount of no-shows with online booking is minimum. It, it's not even 1%. You know, the client can change her book and she could, I mean, things happen, you know, um, if they think they're not going to make it the next day, they can change it for another day. Yeah. That's that's allowable in the system. Um, but once it passes 12 o'clock at night, then unfortunately they're going to get charged for that. But all we're doing is, you know, the people that would abuse the system, we're, we have a system in place that... Um, says no. I mean, sometimes we get, and we know again because we crunch details, we've had clients booking three appointments in three different salons. When you're constantly showing your team the statistics of, you know, online booking people are much more loyal, um, they book more regularly, hmm. uh, and you can prove all that to your team that that's what in actual fact happens, then you can. You can ad- adjust them, but I have to say, like everything else with technology, it's moved on a lot. Now it's expected. I think now I've got salons that, I mean, it varies. The average across the board is 52% across the group. But I've got some salons that are doing 67% of online booking. I mean, reception's now now freed up to, you know, because so much bureaucracy and everything else. At the end of the day, I'm not a technophobe by any manners. I, I know what I know what I'm trying to get. Um, and I, thinking back all these years ago, I wanted online booking. And on hindsight, maybe I didn't choose the right company at the start, but at least we were, at least we got online booking before MDLs did and we were, ahead of the game as it were and the other episode I wanted to play clips from is episode 55 uh, it was specifically about no-shows and customer service standards featuring one of our very own Helen Deveni you could never say that none of your regular clients would not turn up like when you think about it if someone has made that appointment two months ago like sometimes there is genuine things that they just forget they forget the time they don't read the message properly they think it's the week after it's not so there's always genuine things I think if it was somebody who's been in business with you a long time like they're they're so apologetic because they know how hard it is for them to get in and they know that you probably have somebody there waiting so you'll probably notice the difference between how they act as to somebody who is coming from group on or is just making the appointment anywhere. It's very hard to enforce a policy like that unless you're taking prepayment, booking deposits, or you have some kind of like charge facility like our online bookings. Um, So I guess for salons, like there's so many times you can tell people that, but whether they really take it on board is you're kind of just hoping that they do. On the second Sunday of the 30 Days to Grow Challenge, we're talking about reviewing your employer brand just as important as your online reputation. Unfortunately, it is often overlooked. Your employer brand is what your past, current and future staff think and feel about your salon as a place to work. And the future of salon growth will require that you get invested in a new way as a leader and build teams in new ways. We've been exploring that um, quite a bit in the last year, uh, publishing more episodes on that and getting speakers at our events to talk about this. Um, That includes maybe revisiting salaries, benefit packages that you offer, the growth opportunities, uh, your culture, maybe the messaging you use to communicate, all of that. Um, And for the last clips of today's episode, covering ways to shape the dream workplace, we've got episode 61 featuring Sadis Lam. He was talking about retaining employees and minimizing turnover. Our first priority is always to look at the team that we have how do we ensure that they're happy today and they have a a plan for tomorrow Um, and that is a huge priority we invest a lot of money in training and education and progressive planning into our employees so that they have a future here every brand has its culture um, has you know has its values HC Medspot is a luxury brand it's a very ambitious brand we want to grow we want to get bigger Um, and at the same time we, we don't compromise you know we 
we offer a certain standard, certain quality. So we know when when people are interviewed, you know, we have a really in-depth uh, interview process and uh, and we can find out by people's, when we're interviewing them, you know, what are their plans? How successful do they want to be? Or is this just something that, you know, it's, it's we can feel is, is, is a stepping stone or something like that? They're probably not right for us. But if someone walks through the door who's obviously highly qualified and also has, you know, has dreams, has targets, has goals, ambition, you know, um, you know that that's what we're looking for. That's the potential that we're looking for, and then we put a lot of development into them. Um, that that hopefully makes the perfect package all round. We really make our therapists feel like they're almost in their own business, and they're, they're, we're very transparent with them, and we make them see how they're performing, how well they're doing. Uh, we make them look at their targets, look at their, their their sales figures, so they understand that you know I'm doing really well. So, um, for the company therefore are they doing well personally are they being um, well rewarded on a personal level now if the answer was that they're doing really well for the company but their personal rewards weren't up there there's something wrong there is no magic trick but you know giving it people I think giving them enough attention on a regular basis so not just like leaving it to the annual review for example like a lot of places do that like, you know that's not we don't we don't rely on that um invest in your staff is the key uh, and when i say invest i'm not just talking about money because obviously as you said different companies have different budgets um invest in them give them time invest in them you know with your own time listen i think listen as well listen to what they need what 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 do they want what why ha- why are they working for you, you no know, is it if they if you're literally just hiring someone who who's seen an advert hasn't even looked at who your company is but just wants to get paid that's not the sort of person you know that, that that you want to have on. So I think you really need to understand who you're sitting down with, who you're talking to, what their goals are. And they need to marry yours as a as a business owner or as a as a clinic salon manager. Also, I think it's really important to build relationships with people that may not work for you today, but might work for you for tomorrow. We yeah. constantly are are meeting people, engaging, networking, and understanding who is the talent who is the talent out there today. Very shortly after we released episode 63, featuring David Barnett, also talking about leadership and shaping the dream workplace. The guys that are just kind of like knocking it out the park right now, they're the ones that show up for work saying, guys, what can I do for you? How can I best support you? You know, what are the tools that you need in order to be successful? Because the stylists of today, they are ab- they've realized they are able to go and build their own brand and build their own business. You know, that is why so many of them have took this kind of entrepreneurial route and decided to go and, you know, um, take over this one chair salon or this, you know, this tiny little space or go and rent a chair somewhere and really build their own career and build their own business. So now we need to be approaching our team members as, as if they were our bosses, you know, and we're saying to them, we're saying to them, you know, what can I do for you? How can I best support you? What are the tools that you need in order to be massively successful? Because I really believe that the stylist is the one that's in control of their career now. And when they realize that and the boss realizes that, things just kind of take off. What about instead of marketing to new clients, we were able to build a business and become famous for being the best place to work? you know, and, and marketing to the best stylist in your area. Cause let's face it. If you've got the best stylist in your area working for you and they're knocking on your door, wanting jobs and they're fully booked, then your job is done. Yeah. A lot of salon owners live in this fear that, um, you know, you're going to support this stylist and then they're going to up and leave and go down the street. You know, they're very reactive with their leadership. They kind of wait for something to happen. Oh yeah, I'm going to give him all this. And then he's going to take his clients down the street. You know, at the end of the day, we can't run our business from that type of fear. You know, we've got to just release that. And there's a much, much higher chance of that stylist staying with you and going on to be even more successful. If you give them the tools, if you hold back, there's a much higher chance they're going to leave, you know? And at the end of the day, if they're going to leave, they're going to leave. So we move on. They've always, you know, stars have been doing this for years, you know, and it happens. But let's make them highly successful and let's make, let's give them the, the type of support that's going to make them think, you know what, I wouldn't go anywhere else. This is, this is so great. And finally, a bit different, um, but just as important, how do you get your profile or work noticed by print and digital media companies? A very, very insightful episode, episode 137, featuring head of global content and brand at Forest, Shana O'Halloran. 
there are a couple of different ways that you can PR your brand or your salon. Um, and part of it will be through the individuals that work for you. Uh, part of it will be as a business owner, if you're the salon owner. Um, and part of it will be just about sort of like the bricks and mortar business um, that, that you work for. So uh, there's, there's so many routes and opportunities, but I think there's a couple of essentials that if you if you have this in your sights and you'd like to be the sort of um, salon or individual that wants to get featured in editorials, then you have to kind of have it as a real goal for yourself. An editor is not going to come into your salon and accidentally get their hair done by you and think, that's fantastic, I'd like, I'd like this person to do my next cover shoot. Um, and then it's about networking as well. Get in with the right people, find out what the industry events are that you can go to, um, you know, Find out who you'd like to email or phone and ask if they've got time for a coffee to see your work. If you're looking after yourself as an individual, you kind of have to give it a, a good bit of time and effort to put into those kind of activities to making sure that you get noticed. As a business owner, there's different opportunities that you can take advantage of. For example, you can get yourself placed in, in those kind of glossy magazines as a business person. You can talk about the culture that you set in your in your business so that you've got a different audience that you're reaching there. If, if you know Recruitment is really important to you. You can be PRing yourself and your business in that way uh, to be reaching that audience, whereas your stylists might PRing themselves as creative talent that might get picked up for awards or shows or things like that. And then all together, all of that PR builds your brand. And I think that when you're PRing yourself, being aware of what those milestones are and being able to put them down in words um, and being able to articulate them to the other people is what's really, really important. So you know, and it can be a bit uncomfortable for some people, you know, bigging themselves up like that. But I do think it's really important. And if, if you've got 15 years experience already as a head creative director at a different salon and you're opening your own salon, write down a short press release about your experience and what makes you so, um, what makes you such a good candidate for opening your own salon and what what you expect to deliver to your customers. And that that's just, it won't probably take you too long because all your passion is there already. You're doing this for a reason. And to get it down on paper, then you can just find the right contacts, put it out there, put it up on your own Instagram and communicate that message out to people. And then it's about sort of recognizing what your own achievements are and the milestones that the salon makes as it, as it goes on. The first six months in business, you know, your, your thousandth customer whenever it comes uh, or whatever they are. And absolutely to put yourself forward for awards and events um, and things like that, the more that you can kind of say that your, your business has achieved the more PR you'll be able to drive. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I wish you all the best with the first two weeks of the 30 Days to Grow uh, Salon Challenge, the Thrive Edition. Don't forget to submit your weekly nominations for the Feel Good Friday Challenges and to take on Win Wednesdays for a chance to win a Salon Success Bundle. One last thing before the sign-off, force.com forward slash FM is where you can subscribe to the show's email newsletter and also get the transcripts for these episodes. And as always, if you want to share your thoughts on Forced FM or this episode specifically, send us an email at forcedfm at forest.com or you can leave us a review on Apple Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, stay safe and we'll catch you next Monday. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z. Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Great music makes great moments. Forest FM, the Salon Owners Podcast, is brought to you by Forest Salon Software. Get your clients back in more often, spending more, and generating referrals. Let's grow.